0: Coming to you live from the JRE Tobacco Aladino Mobile Studios, it's the Cigar Pulpit.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm the Bishop of the Burn Nick, and with me, it's Mr. Jonathan. Also
0: known as Gator 20.0. <laughs> I
1: mean, you know, you got to be better than the AI version from the last episode. Uh,
0: I laughed so hard uh, way harder than I should have. Well, I, and I was still giggling 15 minutes into the episode. You didn't give up on the drops. Nope. It was Oh no. Epic. And you you didn't even run out completely. You still had some new ones 15 minutes in. It was it was epic. You was a, you
1: put some work in. There was a lot of prep time that went into that. And the worst part is if I would have had even more prep time, I mean, I could have gone over really old episodes, but I just Steck to like those came from maybe only about five shows so yeah,
0: you need to, you I have need plenty to dedicate of time. two pages of soundboard digital soundboard to his drops and then you could do that for an hour
1: easily. What I want to do is I want to see if there's a way for me to like upload, The whole AI thing, you know, is just crazy to me. I want to know if I can upload the show just directly to like an AI bot and then then the AI can just talk back to me because managing the drops and everything while trying to have the conversation that was like having to have a conversation essentially with yourself. And it just it got very complicated after a while.
0: So the shorthand on that would be you have a page of replies positive a page of replies negative or columns of positive negative and then you just know all right you're in the first five minutes so that's the first row second five minutes is the second row and if you miss it you miss it because then you can do multiple shows and his responses will change invariably. And you, I mean, you, it's almost endless at that point.
1: So, so it's funny you mentioned this. So I did upgrade my soundboard app on the phone in order to, uh, to accommodate this, you know? And so I have multiple soundboards. I have Gator prompts, meaning like when he says, you know, tell us, you know, where are we on the socials? You know, that kind of thing. I have Gator general, just general little comments, Gator three cigars for the three cigars we smoked, enjoyed this week segment, the Villager segment. The uh, cigar review. So basically, talking about you know just general comments about whatever cigar we were smoking, and then Gator fucked up, which is where I have like all the really gross shit that he said that I've saved. Nice. So yeah, hence the pink sock comment. You know. Anyway, no, it was a good time. It was fun, but it's nice to actually interact with somebody here. So that's good.
0: So it's 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 awesome that you said AI because I just started messing with AI. I downloaded the chat GBT app or whatever. I pay $5 a month and I've played with it a couple of times, but in preparing for the show where you weren't really sure of a direction you wanted to go, I never, I typed direction. in, <laughs> uh, what should I talk about on my podcast called cigar pulpit? Oh and God. it pulled up 10 things that we should talk about.
1: Perfect. Perfect. Then we have shows for days. There we go. Well, why don't we go it's ahead? good. Ed, that sounds pretty good. So why don't we go ahead and get the cigar going? Um, so we're smoking the Aladino Corojo Reserva.
0: Hang on. I have to take mine out of the tissue paper.
1: Oh, okay. This okay. is Gator 20.0. <laughs> You're being very quiet about that. Oh, It's tissue paper. I was going to say. I, I didn't even hear it. So. Now, let, let, let's get into the differences between what I'm smoking and what you're smoking here. So I just have a brand new, you know, fresh off the shelf Corojo Reserva.
0: And I have one that I've been sitting on for about two and a half years. Oh, see. So this to... is maybe six months into the production of the cigar is where I grabbed this box from. It was, So this is from the first run. Okay, but I bought it six months into that into that first run. Fancy. Uh, so, Aladino Corojo Reserve is obviously a hundred percent Corojo, I- including the wrapper. The filler is the reason it's Corojo Reserve and not just Aladino Corojo is on certain plants there'll be a genetic deformity referred to often as the Corona leaves or medio tempo. There'll be two or three leaves. It's not on every plant, but two or three leaves that grow kind of straight up and those are on the plant the absolute longest. After they harvest the Lajero, they go after those, and they have the most sunlight. They're the thickest, the densest, the most texture, and by far the strongest. So what makes Aladino Corojo Reserve pop is they use a half of that leaf for the Robusto and a quarter of that leaf for the Corona, which comes out once a year. Yeah. When you get into the Toro and the Figurado in this line, they drop the primings down to regular Lajero. So it still has some punch, but it doesn't have what this has. So the Robusto, I think, is the best thing that they make. It has the most pop. I mean, it. there are some times when you smoke this, and, and because it's those Corona leaves, and that makes up such a large portion of the blend, there's not a whole lot of consistency from batch to batch and box to box as far as the strength level. It can be anywhere from a 7- to a 10.5 I mean you you get two puffs in and you can feel your fillings (laughs) they're so strong sometimes Uh, and also part of the flavor does come from the outside wrapper the darker these wrappers ferment they color sort for the box but sometimes you open a box and you're like holy shit this is a Maduro
1: yeah it's not
0: it's just that particular batch of tobacco fermented darker and when Corojo ferments darker it gets much spicier and more aggressive which I like so this is a middle dark hue. There's there's certainly darker ones, but there's also much, much lighter versions of this. Uh, this one's on the darker side. It looks Jose, like yours is on the darker side as well.
1: It's darker. I mean, I look at now, granted, I'm looking at you through Zoom and everything. I mean, yours appears to be a little darker than mine, but, you know, that's all right. It's okay. We am not still, judging. We still love it. Jose, I don't look at color.
0: I don't remember. Did do, do we do the Perdo- <laughs> Perdomo cuts out the federal S chip Jacks on this show, or is no, 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 no? We do the we do the it.
1: Riverman cut on this show. So, the Riverman cut, okay. yeah. So, right. so it's time to cut the cigar. And the official cutting is brought to you by Riverman Cigar Company of Crestwood, Missouri. Dan the Man Ponder, he's got your uh, he's he's your home for Aladino in St. Louis, man. He's got everything you need. Um, and he has cutters. And he does have cutters. And uh, you can pick up. Uh, he even has a few remaining um sticks maybe a box left i don't know of the uh Aladino candela that came out around uh St. Patrick's Day time so that was a limited sale um you can get the your hands uh, the on best those.
0: quote i saw on the mewees on that is a a dude had one and he goes every time i smoke this i at the same time wish i bought a box and i'm so glad i didn't buy a box <laughs> they do such a good job with the Candela. But the thing about Candela is it can get to be too much too quick. Yeah. So one or two singles. And if you see them on the shelf, absolutely grab one or two singles. Because when you're in the mood for Candela, nobody does it better.
1: Well, and to your point earlier about the uh, the number four, the Corona, Dan is sitting on a supply of number fours from last November. So, guys, I mean, those have been sitting there aging for, you know, what, seven months, six months now? Uh, just on the shelf on top of whatever prior. So, you know, if you're looking for some uh, some hard-to-find Aladinos, swing on over to Riverman Cigar Company or give him a call because he does do mail order. It's Riverman Cigar Company of Crestwood, Missouri, and now it's time to go ahead and cut the cigar. So there. we can. Uh, I
0: didn't bring my fancy Calibri SV cutter, sorry. Really?
1: I have mine. I, I have I figured,
0: my Lotus Jaws. I figured you would have had yours. Well, here's the thing is, that's one of the tools that I have in my vest pocket, and when I get Uh, home, I take the vest off and let it air out because it's pretty cigar-y. I got you. And inside, uh, I have to have my cutter in my left pocket and my lighter in my right pocket, so when I'm sitting here in my lounge at home, I have my lounge lighter and I have my lounge cutter.
1: Nothing wrong I mean, I, with having your home. I tool. sell cigars for a living, so it's not like
0: I'm rolling so deep I can afford two S V
1: cutters. Well that's that's maybe, valid.
0: Maybe someday.
1: Someday. It's good to have goals to aspire to. Um so right off the bat right. with what? I'm sorry? On,
0: on your Cold Draw, you're gonna be able to mostly taste Earth. the Corojo. The, yeah, there's gonna be that earthy and the, the threat of spice.
1: Yeah. Which is gonna present
0: itself when you light it.
1: Yeah, it's it's so, definitely earthy.
0: And on the finish, or if you do a cold retro, that's where you're going to pick up notes of cedar. On yours, because it doesn't have the same amount of age. On mine, because it's been two and a half, uh, geez, two and three quarter years, almost three years in this cedar box. This is my last one from that batch. Yeah. This one is all cedar. All right, then. And when I put it through my nose, a little bit of Corojo, but mostly the sweet portion of Corojo, Because the cedar has kind of washed out a lot of that spice that you, the thread of spice that's there.
1: Well, very cool. I I think it's interesting, the differences between, you know, the the same cigar. I mean, and that's why we're doing this is the same cigar, but, you know, throw a little bit of age on it. Because I did just recently have a listener ask me about, um, you know, how long... How to age and then how long, you know, cigars are good. And it's like, you know, you hear about people that are buying cigars that were in Winston Churchill's humidor and this kind of thing like that. And it's like, are those even smokable or is it more just a collectible to have it at this point? I mean, like, you know, that sort of thing.
0: So I I have a few things in my humidor that I'll probably never smoke that I just like to look at. And if I smoke them, they won't be in my collection. And... Nothing as rare as a Winston Churchill cigar or one of um, the Salinger procured um, Kennedy cigars, you know, the uh, H. Upmans that he that he scored uh, before the embargo was signed. Yeah, I don't have anything quite cool enough to be that, but I, I do have some one offs that have some sentimental value because they were sort of white whale cigars that I was able to get my hands on or bench samples from a manufacturer that I like or follow. I just got a bundle of the the Skip Martin Volstead pre-released ones. If I open it, it won't be for 10 years, and I'm only going to open it to give Mike and Skip one and to smoke one myself. Otherwise, I'll just be happy to stare at it.
1: Interesting. I'd,
0: I'd rather look at it than smoke it. It's a great cigar. I regret not buying two bundles, but I, there was, I grabbed the last one that was available. I had gone up to do the show, and when I came down, there was only one, and I'm like, all right, that's mine. <laughs>
1: See, I would have thought you would have scored that before. Well, I don't know. I guess you want the customers to get it. You're trying to, well, you know, yeah, being magnanimous. Yeah, I, would lo-
0: I would love to say that. That's not the case. Oh, okay. I thought that we had so many of them that there'd be plenty left when I came down. And when I came down to my shock, there was only one. And I'm like, all right, it's mine.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, let's get this thing fired up here. I'm excited to have a cigar here. I've been working on my newspaper today, and... uh so, to answer your early. listener's question about aging,
0: yeah, uh, there's the, the first mistake people make when they buy cigars is they store their cigars at a humidity that's too high. So, the myth, I'm just going to dispel the myth right now. The myth in the cigar industry is 70-70. Hang on, I'm going to puff. That myth was perpetuated by companies that sell propylene glycol. And propylene glycol stops evaporating at 70% humidity at 70 degrees. So if you hold your house at 70 degrees and you run propylene glycol, your hygrometer will almost always read 70% unless the relative humidity in your house is much, much higher and you've got a lame, cheap glass top humidor that's leaking or you open it during the heat of the day, some extenuating circumstance, but you're going to be able to maintain... 70% at 70 degrees with propylene glycol. It is way too high. So you end up keeping the moisture content in the cigar. There's nothing leaving the cigar. What you're looking to do is get the moisture to leave because with the moisture is going to go the undesirable flavor characteristics that are remnants of ammonia from photosynthesis and remnants of nitrates from fertilization. So... Getting your humidor, and I hold mine upstairs. I've got $10,000 worth of stuff in my humidor upstairs. A lot of Corojo reserves, but I got a little bit of everything. And upstairs, I hold mine at 62%.
1: Okay. I'm
0: sorry. I hold it at 60. kid, The unit kicks on at 58. I hold it. At, uh, It kicks off at 60. Often when I go in there in the heat of the day, it gets up to 62. And I don't have to panic because 62 is fine. If it starts getting above sixty-five, I need to go find a window unit air conditioner and get some dry air in that room. Move a fan, close the window shades, something to get that the temperature down and the uh, the humidity down in that room.
1: So sixty-five is your top point, is what you're saying, then? Yeah.
0: That's when I start to panic. Sixty-five, because you you really once you get much past seventy you are going to start seeing especially with shade cigars you're going to start seeing your wrappers crack which most people think oh my god my wrappers cracked there must be something wrong with my hygrometer because it's reading 75 and my cigar won't stay lit and all my draws are terrible i i don't know what to do the the whole key is you store everything lower you let the cigar completely degas and then you can go a step further that's just if you're a regular person You got a regular job, you're working nine to five, you don't want to babysit it, you don't want to do extra work. If you want to do extra work, you can do what I did, which is take this cigar and I left it out of humidification, especially during the winter months, for two months. Cellophane off the outside of the box, I let that box breathe. I let the cigars dry out down to pretty damn near forty percent.
1: So when you so you do take the outer cellophane off the box. Okay.
0: Yeah, when I'm aging, I do. Yeah. So When um, the cigar has dried out completely, then I take it and put it in the humidor for one month and let it rehydrate. Now, when it rehydrates under those conditions, it's drawing in the aroma of the cedar box that's around it. So the three cigar boxes that I know of that are high-quality, high-grade cedar are Aladino Corojo Reserve, Bandolero, and Padrone. Now, the problem with Padron is you don't know if you're getting a virgin box or not. They'll reuse their boxes up yeah. to five times. Uh, and they have a program with their retailers where we send the boxes back to them. They call tag them, and then they send us a credit for the box. They save a little bit. We save a little bit. It, it's better for the environment. Uh, you know, they're not cutting down as many trees. So all of my customers that buy Padrone by the box are trained. They bring me the empty box unless they're using it to put nails and screws in their wood shop. But
1: okay. uh, they
0: bring me the empty box. And I can send it back to Padron, and then Padron doesn't have to cut as many trees down to make their boxes. But those three are the the premier three when it comes to cedar boxes. Those are the right cedar, and those are the right cigars to be able to take out for an extended period of time and make the cigars much better.
1: You know, with uh, a lot of manufacturers dealing, at least a couple years back, I don't know if it's still quite as bad, but you know box shortages and everything like that you almost have to wonder why there's other companies that aren't looking at doing a similar program other than maybe just the hassle of it
0: it is a little bit of a hassle but honestly i think except for padrone having to type in the call tag we send them the weight of the crates we pack the crates we do all the work Mm -hmm. and then they just send us a call tag and it costs them 18 bucks to ship it back to Miami where they're packing the cigars anyways. I mean, the the boxes never have to go back out of the country. They clear customs unboxed, and they take care of the box, and most people take care of the boxing here in the U.S. Interesting. All right. Well, at least I I believe Padron, uh, Selected Tobacco, and Davidoff all handle boxing in the States.
1: All right. Well, there we go. We've all learned something new. So hopefully... That information helps out the listener about aging and then also, you know, in terms of length of time. Now, in terms of length of time, real quick, I did kind of explain to him that over time, you know, flavors will kind of, you know, mute. Like if it's a stronger cigar, it'll get kind of softer as time goes on. Yes and no. I mean, the, the there
0: is there is cigars that are stored in higher humidity. I believe, age out much faster than cigars that are held in lower humidity. Lower humidity, really, you're looking to either infuse that cigar with the cedar that's around it, or you're looking to really meld the flavors of the filler tobaccos and the binder and the wrapper all together as one, so you don't have high points or sharp points in the flavor profile. You have an even flavor all the way across the palate. All the flavors kind of hit you at once as those tobaccos melt together. But that's going to happen best over a period of time and at lower humidity.
1: All right, then. So what, uh, I guess, right off the light, what are you, what are you getting on your cigar? Because I'm getting a lot of earthy flavor and some spice.
0: So this is the one cigar that's my kryptonite. I have smoked this cigar Thousands of times. I have never once got a defining characteristic flavor other than a little earth, a little bit of that cedar wood going on and spice. There's no toasted marshmallow. There's no (laughs) Chinese cinnamon, Chinese pea pods. I want so bad to be able to say this tastes like something and it tastes like well-fermented Corojo tobacco at this point. I've never once got a flavor off of this and I want to, but it just isn't there.
1: Interesting. Have you ever gone down to the farm, Honduras?
0: Not down to Honduras. It's probably the only country I'll never travel to.
1: Okay.
0: The airport is the scariest airport for every pilot to fly into oh, for starters. <laughs> the place is war torn all the time. You just you it was scary going into Managua. Uh-huh. And that's a you talk, I talk to pilots often, you know, a lot of pilots are cigar smokers, and flying into Managua is a little nerve-wracking, but it's not really a big deal. There's there's other airports that are a little smaller, but it, it you're literally landing on the e-brake. I mean, the pilot almost stalls the plane oh, to be able to come to a complete stop on the runway, and you come to a stop almost on landing. I'm lucky I didn't <laughs> blow my spine out. That was a brutal landing. So I can't even imagine going into Honduras where they have to avoid the updrafts and surf the plane back and forth from left to right as they kind of buzz the tower a couple of times, waiting for the right wind conditions to be able to land. So, you're no not, thank you. So, you're not visiting the Aladino farm. Okay, noted. <laughs> Unless I go into Nicaragua and then drive in the eight hours or whatever it is. But even then, you're dealing with Sandinistas and people with machine guns that are going to kidnap true. you for money. And- that's true. My stupid brother would actually send the money. That's the problem.
1: Ah, oh, no. They'd be reaching out to Dave. He's got more money. He ain't sending it. <laughs> I know and that. You know, I have an
0: arrangement. <laughs> when he went to Cuba the second time after writing his expose, he pulled me aside in his office. He closed the door and he says, uh, I got something serious to talk to you about. And I'm like, shit, he's got cancer. <laughs> and i'm just like horrified i'm like do you have cancer he goes yeah. no i don't have cancer this is serious though don't fuck around uh <laughs> i'm going into cuba and there's a there's a 50 50 shot i get kidnapped and i get put in cuban prison for what i wrote nelson says it's fine but i don't know, trust him but they if they kidnap me and they call for ransom do not give the phone to my wife tell them to go fuck themselves and hang up the phone he goes he you, you looks me in the eyes. serious as a heart attack yeah you have to promise me you will tell them to go fuck themselves and hang up the phone and i said i promise i also have told him that i'll pull the plug if he's ever uh, you know a vegetable on a ventilator or whatever Duh. i'll be the guy yanking the plug out for him while everybody else is hemming and hawing
1: jeff threatens that with me all the time but see he takes it one step too far and the minute i start to cough or sneeze he's ready to just take me out early He doesn't want me to suffer, is what he says.
0: Yeah, yeah. no, I don't want Dave to suffer either. And this is something that Dave is okay with. I I know Jeff is trying to kill you,
1: but
0: I'm not trying to kill Dave. Just if he ever becomes a vegetable, he he wants to be put out of his misery at that point. Well, I get that. You know, I'm like, we'll give you like 60 to 90 days to see if you wake up. And at that point,
1: uh, we're going to yank it. We're going to yank it. Well, here we go. Now we've just learned that Two Guys Cigars uh, does not negotiate with terrorists. Not at all. Not at all. (laughs) Not Uh, at all. Well, there you go. So what did the chat, uh, GPT, correct? What is that? I think so. Okay. What did that? GBT, I think. Okay. Uh, I don't know. What did did AI say that we should be talking about today?
0: uh, Well, it gave me a list of 10 things. And uh, the first one was cigar smoking etiquette. Uh, Discuss the do's and don'ts of smoking cigars in public places or around non-smokers. Boring. Uh, yeah uh, I don't say pairing pairing cigars with drinks talk about the best drinks to pair with different types of cigars including wine whiskey and beer now I'm a big fan of a really stiff full-bodied red uh more dry than sweet with something like Corojo reserve I like a scotch as well but my my pairing of choice with a Corojo reserve is a really dry uh almost Milkshakey, thick,
1: red. I'm not much of a wine guy. Um, I've just never really kind of gotten into it, and uh, I've, I've, you know, there was one gal that I was seeing for a while that uh, she was really into it, and so I tried exploring around a little bit there, but you know, I've I've moved on there. So yeah, I'm not much of a wine guy. So I wouldn't know what to pair, you know, wine wise with a cigar.
0: Well, and the other the other thing about pairing, and it doesn't matter what you pair, because I know there's people in the program AA uh, oh, that well, yeah. they do they don't drink and but they there's still pairing options. You've got ginger beer that is uh, non alcoholic, that's really brewed, and there's 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 a whole cult following of that actually in the AA community where people go out and seek out these small batch ginger beers. The thing about pairing is people always think in terms of, okay, this is the way I do it. Is it a good pairing or is it not a good pairing? So maybe the person takes a puff of their cigar and takes a sip just as an example. Well, that's one flavor in the pairing. If you take a sip and then take a puff, that's another flavor in the pairing. And then you could introduce a third element. So if you have say ginger beer, which has a little bit of a bite and some sweetness and you have a Corojo reserve, which has some spice and also some sweetness, the two sweets, whichever one is stronger is going to cancel the other one out. Okay. So if you if the ginger beer was sweeter, you take a sip of the ginger beer. Okay. You got that going on. You take a puff of the cigar. The sweetness of the ginger beer is going to take away the sweetness of your cigar completely. And now you're going to be left with the spice. And then inside of all of those items, you also have the other ancillary flavors. You've got your salty components, you've got your bitters, you've got... We already said sweet, uh, other aromatic components. So all of those play off of each other in different ways. And that's why when you're doing a pairing, don't always do it the same way. Don't always take a puff and take a sip or take a sip and take a puff. Mix it up and then figure out what is missing from that equation. Ah, you know what? This doesn't have a lot of salt to it and neither does a ginger beer. So maybe get a little sharp cheddar that goes along with it. Now you're playing a game with three items that are are dissimilar and now you can build a real flavor on your palate and you'll learn which which order is correct to build for your palate the biggest and most complex taste that you can get. And that's what pairing is about. Interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I tend to just drink. I mean, I know everybody gives me shit about it, but I always drink iced tea. And that really doesn't add much to the, the cigar pairing, you know. Is it
0: real brewed iced tea? It is.
1: I I, I don't in- like the Lipton fake shit, the, like, instant crap.
0: Do you put lemon in it?
1: I don't. I take it just straight. No sweetener. Straight black tea? No sweetener. No no lemon. I just take it straight. A communist? Straight iced. Yep. That's the way I do it. Dirty water, man. I take it basically as dirty water.
0: That's interesting. I, I mean, I've, I've had it. There's been times I've been out of lemon juice and yeah. it's like, all right, I'll drink it. But, uh, and I don't mind it. It's, it's kind of, a earthy. It's very tea-like It is, and, uh, and I get tea as a flavor often when I'm doing the, um, the blind tastings for cigar journal. That's one of the more prevalent flavors that I get blind. I'm convinced that the color of the band messes with our perception of flavors. Like this has yellow, yeah. and I want to say that I taste lemon zest, but I don't. Yeah, I want to say it. Like it, uh, like there's a <laughs> slight little sour something that happens for one second on the taste, uh-huh. and I want to say lemon, and it goes away. It's not there. Well, but the band's yellow. So it's,
1: it's all just in your mind. I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, and I know a lot of people obviously pair coffee, and uh, again, I'm not much of a coffee drinker. So like for me, coffee is coffee. So I don't know.
0: Coffee is, uh, is, and actually you're doing the same thing with tea. When you drink the same thing over and over again, and it doesn't have added sweeteners or cream or things that are going to alter the flavor because of its alkalinic nature. The, the coffee, once it's brewed, the, there's, there's something about it as a great palate cleanser. And it, it's a cleanser in that it, Always brings you back to the baseline of coffee dirty, if that makes sense. (laughs) And the same thing is going to go for tea. You're going to come back to the baseline of tea dirty. So you're going to have the flavor of black tea in your mouth. And if that's always the flavor, you can evaluate up and down flavors from that. Oh, this got sweeter. This got spicier. Because you can always go back with one sip, bring yourself back to the baseline of, okay, here's dirty tea.
1: Now I've also heard that a lot of people really like Dr Pepper with their cigars. For some reason, Dr Pepper is a popular soda with cigars.
0: Th- those people are called insulin resistance <laughs> resistant, and they're they're all pre diabetic, and that's why they like it.
1: There we go. Uh, so, what else does the uh, the AI suggest after? Well, the-
0: actually, before I go any further okay, on the okay. AI, okay. your 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 comment spurred a thought. I read a review on. Uh, the Alfonso cigar this morning. Okay. And I'm going to leave the reviewer nameless. It doesn't matter. Uh, But something in the review pissed me off. And I I see this from time to time in reviews where the reviewer is making recommendations to the consumer based on their own wallet. No. And the comment was, definitely worth buying a couple of singles, but there's always a but. But, Don't buy a box because it's very expensive. Now, if you're a person that smokes one cigar a week, so a box of Alfonso is going to get you 25 weeks, and you are going to buy an Alfonso every single week, most retailers for most boxes of cigars will offer an in store discount. Now there's no discount available by the box online, so maybe that's why he said what he said. This person or she, maybe it's a she. It's not a she, it's a he, but I'm not gonna say the name. <laughs> I did a shitty job of covering that up. It's okay. Uh but
1: I th- So maybe I, the person's I, there's, looking there's, at the price way, online and there's no difference. There's way way more way more male cigar reviewers it seems like than female. So I think you're still safe.
0: All right. That's fair. There you go. So You don't ever say to somebody, don't buy the box, because it does, there's two things. Your job as a reviewer is to drive business to the retailer so that people want to go to your site and trust you and learn what you're reviewing and aligns with their palate. So maybe you like it and they like what you like, or maybe you like it and they don't like what you like. So you give it a low rating and that drives business. As long as you're not shitting on the cigar, I don't have a problem with low ratings. As long as the reviewer is being honest and saying, okay, uh, it burned well. The draw was impeccable, didn't hit my flavor profile. This is why I'm dinging at the points. I'm fine with that. So, because people will learn to align themselves with the reviewers that they like. Yeah. But to try to educate the consumer in such a negative way and say, don't buy the box because it's expensive. Well, the retailer is probably offering a 5 or a 10% discount on the box. So if you go say, to the yeah. store 25 times, you're going to pay 5 to 10% more on all cigars, not just Alfonso, but all cigars, plus the gas, plus your time. So if you bought a box, you save time, you save money, you save gas. It, it's really a win. And for the retailer, they moved higher volume product. And when retailers start to move higher volume in product, they start getting... Able to take advantage of deals. And this is how retailers are able to keep their prices in check because if they can buy cigars three times a year and buy it on deal because they know they can move the volume, they're able to keep their prices lower. It becomes a win for the consumer. So this reviewer did an injustice to the entire cigar smoking community by recommending that someone who likes this review that tries the cigar and likes it and would smoke it once a week for 25 weeks not by the box, I think that's doing somebody a disservice.
1: I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, look, when I come across a cigar that I like enough to buy the box, you know, I, it, for me, budget is obviously, you know, a, a conscious thought. Uh, well, right, you're a broke-ass Exactly. I'm, <laughs> we, I am a broke-ass <laughs> So, you know, it's one of those things. I'm not buying boxes on the regular, but when I do, it's like it's something that I know I'm going to want, and I know I'm going to want to burn through, you know, for a while. And again, like you said, there's typically a discount of some sort on the box. So why would you not, you know, take advantage of whatever little discount you can get these days? Absolutely. Yeah. Well.
0: And and you're you don't even realize, but you're helping that shop owner move the volume that they need to be able you're helping yourself in the long run because that retailer can keep his prices lower because they're moving the volume and that's the that's the name of the game in cigars
1: now one thing i will say i find it fascinating it seems like different regions of the country are box regions versus single regions like here in st louis i you know talking with retailers we don't have a lot of the box buying culture for some reason. It seems like, you know, people, they pop into the stores more frequently. They kind of use the shops as their personal humidor and they just come in, get a few sticks. And then the next day they'll come in and grab a few more. And, you know, they just kind of go that way with it.
0: I'll tell you the reason there are pockets of cigar stores in the United States where they don't put the price of the box on the box. That little silent salesman, because I, Consumers are shy. They're strapped for time. And especially guys that have the means to buy boxes, they don't want to wait the additional 10 or 15 minutes for the retailer to be done waiting on the last customer to come over and greet them, shoot the shit for a minute. What are you looking for? Well, I was thinking about buying a box of this, but I want to know what the discount is. Now they have to go over to the computer, see what they paid for it figure out what the appropriate discount is, do the math, come back to the customer and say, Oh, it, it was, if you, if you bought the 20 cigars, it's $110. But if you buy it by the box, it's a hundred dollars, 99, 99. If you put the price on the box, do you think that retailer would sell just one extra box a year? Because if it's me, I'm not listen. I'm not saying I, I don't have the same means that other people have. Yeah. I, I do okay in my in my job, but I'm the guy that is going to buy the deal, and I'll spend a little extra right now to save money in the long run. And I'll budget my in this case cigars smoking. I'm not going to smoke thirty cigars because I have thirty cigars. I'm going to keep to the the amount that I smoke. So I'm going to spend the money if I can see that there's a discount. And there's a million of me across the country. yeah. So the retailers that don't put the price of the box on the box and any retailers out there listening, go spend $31 on a P-Touch labeler <laughs> and you're going to spend $15 per cartridge, get 30 cartridges, you're gonna, you can buy them on deal, and print the single price and the box with the discount right on it, put it right on the box, and you will sell one extra box of every SKU you carry this year, and you don't even have owe me a commission check. You can you can keep the money
1: yourself. All right. Well, there we go. So okay. Um, was that too forceful? No. Was I too I mean, aggressive? Nah, there. You know, it, it was fine. I mean, look, it was you were obviously passionate about this this topic, and I I respect that. So another thing, the next thing it says: discuss
0: <laughs> the history of cigars. Dive into the origin of cigars, their evolution over time, and. I don't know if you know this, but the origin of cigars can be traced back to
1: ancient Mayan civilization,
0: where tobacco was used and grown for ceremonial purposes.
1: Okay. This is all coming from AI.
0: This is, yes. Christopher Columbus is credited with bringing tobacco to Europe after his first voyage to the Americas in 1492. We know that. He discovered the Tiano Indians while he was looking for gold. Uh, The first cigar factory was established in Seville, Spain in the early 17th century, and smoking cigars quickly spread throughout Europe at that point. Okay. In the 19th century, you have Cuba coming into the game uh, with making cigars there. Uh, And at that point, they were known for their high quality and rich flavor. At that point. (laughs) Well, because later on, uh, because the, the other thing you can do with it, with AI is you can ask follow-up questions on the different points. Interesting. So the, one of the points is the uh, Cuban cigar industry was nationalized by the government in 1960. And many cigar makers fled the country to continue their craft elsewhere. So that made me ask the question, what happened to the economy in Cuba? And the nationalization of the Cuban cigar industry in 1960 had a significant economic impact both in Cuba and globally. The Cuban government took control over the privately owned cigar factories and brands, including well-known names like Partagas and Monte Cristo. And this led to a decrease in the quality of Cuban cigars as many experienced cigar makers had already left the country. So this is where you start to see the decline as 1960 moving to now where you have Chinese-owned distribution and the pricing model of Bangkok is it Ben? No, it's not Bangkok. Hong Kong. Hong Kong Hong sorry, Kong. Hong Kong. The pricing structure of Hong Kong. So, a regular Cohiba is a hundred dollars, and a Bahike is three hundred, starting, and it goes up from there. And they they haven't fertilized the soil anymore. They haven't yeah done a damn thing. They haven't they haven't changed a single process. They haven't flown to Nicaragua to see what it's like to fly a drone over and get an infrared scan and. <laughs> Spray the fields with the nitrogen that it needs, where it needs it. They haven't done anything. They just raised the price. So that makes that cigar not only completely out of the reach of regular cigar smokers, but also has fueled uh, the industry of fake Cubans. Fake Cubans are now at the highest levels they've ever been because they can sell what they were? Uh, I bought my first box of fake Cubans for six dollars and fifty cents a piece in Mexico. Uh, got ripped off. Found out actually, Dave told me when yeah. I brought them back. This was years ago as a consumer, and but now they can sell those. They're not going to settle for six dollars and fifty cents because well, yeah, because the, the real co- ones the are co- co- so much co- more. in a regular box is a hundred. Uh, they're going to sell them for thirty. Yeah, and they're going to get it.
1: Uh, nothing like slicing open a cigar and finding hair and fingernails and newspaper clippings.
0: Well, where do you think they get the flavor from?
1: Well, yeah. It's not the tobacco. (laughs) not the tobacco. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, well, you know, I've never smoked fingernails and hair, but I would imagine it would be an interesting flavor profile. Did you smoke those fake Cubans after Dave told you they were fake?
0: Yeah, they were I mean they were they were good cigars. I I liked them. Yeah. And that's what he said to me. He said, "Do you want me to tell you the truth or do you want to just keep believing that you bought Cuban cigars?" And I'm like, "Oh, well, you just told me the truth, didn't you?" Uh, I mean, and he goes he,
1: Technically, like, okay. You can make an argument you bought Cuban cigars. You just didn't buy the Cuban cigar you thought you bought.
0: I bought a cigar that had a Cuban band on it. Is what I did. I bought a Mexican cigar in Mexico ah, that had a Cuban band on it.
1: Okay, okay. Okay. Well.
0: So in in Cuba, on the street, you can order from anybody that is willing to sell them to you anything you want. Because all the cigars are the same. So all you have to do is say, Okay, I want Bajique fifty six. Yeah. They're three dollars a piece as long as you pay in U S cash, they're $3 a piece. You want the hologram on the box. They might charge you an extra 10 bucks. You want, uh, the numbered box. It's a little bit more, but for $3 a cigar, you can get anything you want. Hmm. And I said, I said no in Cuba. And I gave the guy $5 for the one that he gave me because he said, here, I want you to smoke this and I'll be back tomorrow. I gave him the five dollars for the cigar because I felt bad. I want him to at least make some money. Yeah. I ain't buying a box of cigars for three dollars that's unsmokable. And I bought every front mark I could get my hands on. I smoked damn near fifty cigars while I was there. They were all terrible. <laughs> <laughs> once once you got to the they were okay for the first third. Once you got yeah. to the halfway mark, you started getting heavy ammonia. Ammonia. Very metallic, minerally, uh, because on the initial light, you could tell it was Cuban tobacco. It was very floral, very aromatic, a lot of middle primings, which uh, the aroma comes from the middle of the plant. But by the time you got to the middle, that chamber was so laden with ammonia that you just got tongue bite. Yeah. And got to put it down. Let's light up another one. I, I brought 50 cigars with me. Thank God, (laughs) because every morning I smoked something good and then went back out. and
1: Killed your palate with everything else the rest of the day. Oh, my God. It was brutal.
0: And when I tell you, uh, we were sitting at table three at the the gala, the final gala. Uh, The first table was a bunch of sheiks that were bidding on the one-of-a-kind million-dollar humidors. Uh, They had the headdresses. I mean, very elaborately dressed. And I guess they were sheiks. So you guys were down there
1: for the fest. This is for the festival. Habanos festival. Okay. Okay.
0: 2015 or 16. Okay. The table two was cigar aficionado and their crew. And we were at table three. Okay. And I'm telling you when they started at our table was the head of the Cuban FBI. She was a smoke show, by the way, smoke (laughs) show. (laughs) Uh, So we're sitting there yeah we sat on our hands during the auction cuz she was starting it the cheapest one started at $50,000 and it went for 250k. Dear god. Oh my god. These guys were just bidding. Yeah, wave the hand. 250. Must be nice. Yeah. I mean, it you was know. nuts. <laughs> it was nuts.
1: Oh my. Um so <laughs> I don't know. I I had a thought and it just totally blanked out of my mind. Um so speaking you mentioned Cigar Aficionado. So um like <laughs> I don't know if I've talked to you about their uh their number one pick uh being a Cuban cigar and uh and everything. I mean like you know thoughts
0: it's not it's not good for the industry to have the magazine of record the, the arguably if not the most recognizable magazine of magazines, yeah, maybe Time Magazine has a little bit more uh, cachet, but they they are the magazine of record for cigars. Yep, and to tout, to even review cigars when your your publication sells in the United States, it's based in the United States, only they only take advertisers from companies based in the United States. Or with U.S. distribution, there there may be some watches that are not based in the U.S., but by and large, their their cigar companies are writing checks out of Miami and Tampa to put the the ads in their magazine. And they just give their advertisers the middle finger time and time again by putting a cigar out that is supporting communism and is not supporting the very industry that is supporting their magazine.
1: How do you feel it's if bullshit. How do you feel if you're Rocky Patel? You've gotten second place, what, twice behind a Cuban cigar now?
0: And listen, Rocky has done more for this industry as a manufacturer and as a person than probably anybody else, and that was before he got on Tucker Carlson.
1: I was going to say his that lobbying efforts, yeah.
0: That, that interview put him over the top as far as, I mean... The man, the man can do no wrong in that respect. But you, I mean, you don't throw the guy a bone. He comes out with his sixtieth cigar, and it's good. It is good. But it's better than any Cuban. I mean, it, at seventeen dollars, I still think it's good. It's not. It's not overpriced. Yeah, it's not underpriced, but it's not <laughs> overpriced. At seventeen dollars, it's a good cigar for seventeen dollars. So, uh, yeah, you just give you give all your advertisers the middle finger. It's not. I, I recommend that you don't run your podcast that way.
1: I mean, I try not to.
0: Uh, if I was I, if I was a manufacturer advertising, I would pull out so fast. The readership on that magazine has dropped so much.
1: Well, and I'm still, I, I've been threatening to do it for a while, but I have the numbers. Like, I have the numbers. It's all public. And I'll, I, little tease, the numbers that they're putting out, they make no sense. But that's neither here nor there. Cause see, All right. Here's what, I, here's is, what I'm going to say to you. Okay.
0: The next time I'm on this podcast, and let's do it sooner rather than later. Okay. That that's the episode.
1: Okay. Because because here's the thing, they always by by law, since they're mailing under a periodical permit, so they get cheaper you know b- uh, rate for their postage. I do the same thing with my newspaper. You have to run a statement of ownership every year, so I've been looking at the statement of ownership, and it it tells you what you need to know.
0: So it's, it's public record. You're not even really pulling no. the curtain back. You're just teaching people how to read.
1: Exce- well, yes. It's a complicated form, and the thing is, when, I'm lo- when I've am when i been looking at their records or their, their, their statements of ownership over the last however many years I've got, um, like I said, some things don't make sense. Like, for example, one year, maybe the print number is X, and maybe the next year the print number goes down by 3,000 but maybe the digital number goes up by 3,000, and then the next year the print number goes back up to where it was two years ago, but the digital number drops back down accordingly. I mean, there's some, there's some fuzziness.
0: Well, what I bet happens is you get somebody with money behind them, like when Rafael's aging room gets number one, and he's backed by Altadis. And I bet a bunch of retailers got free copies of Cigar Aficionado, courtesy of Altatis, and there's your 3,000, because there's 4,000 cigar shops. There you go. There could be your bump. 3,000 of them carry Altadas products, if not more, right? So the better accounts get some free publications or maybe their top... Hundred accounts get a hundred magazines here. Yeah. Sell these, yeah. or give them away, or give them away with a box the cigar in, of the throw them in. Throw them
1: in your lounge so everybody can look at it. You know, something like that. Yep. I don't know. I that's, mean,
0: that's the play I would do if I worked in marketing.
1: There's, there's, there's a lot to it. I don't know. It, like I said, I need to, I need to take just a little bit more time. I've been threatening to do it for a while now. Um, but uh, yeah, we can That'd do that. That'd be your
0: biggest listen to episode. We can
1: do it. So. Anyway, so what else does the uh, the AI suggest that we talk about? Actually, right, so I'm I'm my I I've not been talking nearly as much as you have, so I'm a little further along on the cigar than you. Um, where where are you at on your cigar? I'm kind of in the uh, I just the latter portion of the second half.
0: I just crossed the first third, so would, this is typically the first real change in the cigar. I where was smart enough it,
1: to bring two, by the way.
0: Nice. <laughs> it starts off a little peppery and spicy, and then it tampers down, mm-hmm. and then you get into the second, third, and I always know where it is because you hit you hit tips, meaning they, <gasps> the the roller has broken the tips off of the ends of some of the tobacco and worked them in specifically at that mark to create a change flavor wise, and it is always at this spot it goes uh, the nicotine level goes right up to the maximum level, I can tell every single time. I don't even have to look at the cigar. I know it it that well.
1: Okay. Well, I will say the amount of, um, like, peppery spice on the retrohale has picked up. Um, I know you don't retrohale. I'm not going to ask you to. It's not. I mean, you know, it's fine.
0: Yeah, it's not something that I'm going to do with this. That's fine. I'll die. That's fair. I would die.
1: I don't want that. I don't want that. So... All right. So, what else are we uh, are we being instructed by the AI to uh, discuss? Now, this is
0: an interesting one: the health benefits of smoking cigars. Explore the potential benefits or drawbacks of smoking cigars, including their effects on the body and mind. Oh, interesting it, it,
1: that go ahead that
0: AIs go in that direction.
1: It is because let's be real; it's all about relaxation. And you're right. It's interesting that the AI went with more of the positive benefits and not so much talking about, you know, threat of this cancer or that cancer and whatever else that everybody always tries to label tobacco products with.
0: Well, and, you know, the big the big no-no is cigarettes and who knows what vape is doing to us. Lord. <laughs> but the, um, well, because that's through the roof and with vaping, you can do it anywhere. And people that are vaping are vaping more than they were smoking.
1: I'll tell you, um, Illinois, I just got a uh, a news report about this the other day. Um, The uh, State House and State Senate have approved an amendment to the Illinois Smoke-Free Act that will ban vaping indoors. It will be now treated as uh, cigarettes and all the other tobacco products where you got to be like 25 feet from a door and all this kind of bullshit. Lame. I mean... yes the only no secondhand vape there's nothing to uh, it no i get that but like i'm kind of like okay you know i i part of me is is is, i i get where you're coming from but my my standpoint is if i can't do it i don't i don't really want them to do it
0: no that's no way to live your life
1: ah you know I'm I'm a bitter guy. I'm a bitter guy about this and and that it it bothers me. If we don't
0: fight for them, if we don't fight for them and play offense. But they're not gonna fight for us. They don't need to. They don't need to. But if we fight for them and we win, we get our foot in the door and we can move on to the next thing. Because eventually they're gonna tell us we can't smoke in our own cars. I'm gonna be arrested. They can kiss my white ass. (laughs) If they tell me I can't smoke in my house or in my car, or at work, I will be the first one arrested. I
1: promise. Take me. I mean, so where is New Hampshire in terms of uh, marijuana, like recreational use?
0: The governor, it's been decriminalized, so you can you get a ticket if you got a, up to an ounce. Okay. Uh, anything over an ounce, I believe, is uh, intent to distribute, but... The governor of New Hampshire kind of has a hard on to get it legalized for medicinal purposes to get his foot in the door That's the to be able to move it to full recreation. Yeah. Um, but the the constituents in New Hampshire don't want it legalized. OK, I only no, ask- every time somebody tries to push it through and it goes to uh, votes in towns or in any way is is polled upon. Hard no. Seventy five percent of the state of New Hampshire is saying hard. No.
1: Interesting, because I know, because obviously here in Illinois, it is, it is legalized, there is recreational use. And uh, the reason I bring that up is because you can start a pot lounge so much easier than anybody could go out and start a cigar lounge. I mean, the rules and regulations on cigar lounges are just insane versus, I mean, a pot lounge, you can there's, there's a s- established precedent. There's a little town south of here that has one in a strip mall. So you're so, they're, they're literally sharing a wall with another business, whereas a cigar bar or cigar, not even a cigar bar, you can't have alcohol and cigars at the same place here in Illinois. But um, a cigar lounge has to be a minimum of 15 feet in all directions from another building and can't have another business or a residence in the, in the building.
0: And the, the killer is that all of the data shows that if you smoke one to two cigars a day, and this is not just monograph number 9 it's monograph number 9 and it's all three fda studies done around 2007 2008 they mined the same data that monograph number 9 used and they all showed one to two cigars a day not only is not an increase in overall mortality it's a decrease in overall mortality than a non-smoker all causes of death being being 1.0 It's like 0.92 in some on uh, coronary heart disease, 0.97 in uh, lung cancer. You get you're less likely to get it as a cigar smoker than a non-smoker. Now you take that same you take the data from marijuana users that inhale, and you see an increase in things like lung cancer and the overall mortality because that doesn't you don't inhale cigars. You're not supposed to pull smoke into your lungs. Mm-hmm. That's poison. That's why you choke. So even if I, I don't know the chemical makeup of marijuana, I know cigars are alkalinic and your mouth is alkalinic. So the little bit of nicotine you get, the 1% to 3%, passes through your your cheeks and your mucus area, and that's how you get the nicotine. If you pull that alkalinic smoke into your acidic lungs, you've got problems because you're going to have two things battling with each other inside, Cigarettes are acidic, and all the data says that if you smoke less than ten cigarettes a day, statistically speaking, you're at a dead even with a non-smoker. If you can keep it to less than ten cigarettes a day,
1: that's interesting. I mean, not that I'm advocating for it, but that's interesting. Um, I'll tell you one thing that I I, I was talking with a friend of mine about, and you know, spitballing it is and you brought it up earlier regarding vape is we don't know what Vape's doing to us because let's be real. you know there's there's decades of research on cigarettes. There should be decades of research on cigars. I mean, it's it's out there, but you know whatever. Um, but vape is a relatively new product. but I would also say that in terms of the the impact of marijuana on the human, you know physical site, you know, body and everything like that, I don't know maybe there's more research out there than I know. But given the fact that it's been illegal for so long, and there hasn't been—I mean, the, I mean—there's always been usage, obviously, but it's been illegal usage. Whereas now you have so many people doing it now that are, you know, well, le- legally doing it. You have to wonder what the impact of of marijuana usage, the long-term impact on marijuana usage.
0: Long, is. Long-term impact with marijuana usage is a slowing down of uh, mental capacity. Uh, short-term memory starts to go, long-term memory starts to suffer. Uh, the, it is the, the we used to call them burnouts in high school. Yeah. You know, people that smoked it all day, every day. And by the time they hit 30 years old, they're just idiots. Yeah. It, th- there's a reason for that. Uh, so uh, in small doses, it, it, yes, it does uh, help alleviate some anxiety, certain strains, certain strains can increase appetite if you're on chemotherapy, So certain strains can help you get some sleep. So anything in moderation, I guess, is okay, but uh, it's the abuse of it, or the potential abuse of it, and I got no problem. You wanna shoot H, it's your body. Don't get behind the wheel. That's where the government should be involved, is your activity is causing irreparable harm to other people. This is why I'm against centralized medicine, not to go off the rails here, but (laughs) as long as we don't have centralized medicine, And you have to go and have a job that has benefits. Do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. If we get into centralized medicine, the danger of that is now the government has the power and authority based on the interest of the taxpayers dollars to tell you what you regulate every single thing that you do. I don't want that. Yeah. I'm a libertarian. so I, I don't want the government involved in anything. Fix the roads, make sure I have internet and make sure my phone works everywhere. And the government won't hear from me, and I don't want to hear from them.
1: It's fair. Um, well, and I arrest
0: remember, me if I'm swerving all over the road because I went drinking and driving, or well, heroin and, and driving, or see, whatever.
1: Therein lies the thing. Um, I remember when Illinois was looking at uh, legalization of the recreational marijuana. You know, um, I was talking with police officers, and they were saying, "Look, part of the problem is." we don't have roadside sobriety tests for pot it's not something that's that's out there and that we can do and you know we can kind of tell if somebody's high you know that sort of thing but you can't you can't do it's not like with a breathalyzer you can blow and you get a distinct like you know percentage of blood alcohol and you can you know kind of use that in a court of law it's it's a different situation and so it kind of led to that whole question of well how do we enforce if somebody is high or if they're, you know, you know what I mean? It's, it's,
0: it's let's be, let's, fuzzy. let's be real. You really, can you really get so high that you can't drive a car? Is it possible?
1: I don't know. I've never done it, but that's the thing. I mean, it's possible. I, I would think maybe I remember being out in Colorado in 2015 to uh, going to my friend's wedding and I'm driving down the interstate and there's a car next to me, and they've got the windows rolled up, and they're hotboxing. You couldn't even see in the car. We could smell the pot in our vehicle with the windows rolled up. You know, I mean, they were they were going at it pretty hard. You know, in the car, one lane over.
0: Were they swerving?
1: No. Now that you say that, I rest my case. There you go. So, all right then.
0: I just don't think I I, I don't think that the the concern about. The usage of marijuana and being impaired is as prevalent as the use of alcohol. With marijuana, I've seen so many times where, you know, I'll be at a party and there'll be a group of people politely standing off to the side, which you should do if you're at a party smoking a cigar as well. You just move remove yourself yes. from the general populace. That goes back
1: to that that first point. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I brought it full circle. That's
0: <laughs> called a segue. Um so but somebody will get to the point where they're High enough.
1: Didn't the creator of that fall off a cliff on a segue?
0: Yes, I believe he I was did. Say, I
1: think he I think he killed himself on one of those. Anyway.
0: So yeah the... <laughs>
1: I don't we... think I don't I don't think it was suicide. I think it was accidental, but the point is I, I do think he killed he died on a segue. Anyway, to de- sorry,
0: derail the segment there,
1: Dave Point two. I mean I could have talked about uh, a chimpanzee riding on a segue. That's fair. Yeah.
0: So but I've seen people get to the point where they're high enough. I've never ever seen somebody ever say, No thanks, I'm drunk enough. And there's the difference between That's marijuana true. smoking and alcohol.
1: Okay. And I've seen fair enough. Listen,
0: with with cigars too, there's a time when I hit my max. Yeah. And you're just I've
1: you're had done. enough
0: cigars for the day and I stop. Yeah. There's no, uh, for people that are concerned that it's habit forming or uh, there's an addictive quality to it, the thing that you may be addicted to is an hour of time away from your wife because it's great wife repellent. <laughs> you may be addicted to that, but you are not addicted to the nicotine level. It's it's so low that you, you have a better shot of being addicted to eggplant parmesan because all nightshades have nicotine in it and eggplant and... Um, tomatoes, the vape industry wanted to extract the nicotine out of eggplant and tomatoes if that got them out of uh, FDA regulation. Really? Because it no longer was tobacco. This was one of the questions that was asked. No one even reported on this. Uh, this was one of the questions that was asked. I had audited the uh, conference call early on when FDA was doing the um, doing conference calls and doing the comment section. Uh, while they were evaluating whether or not this is what they wanted to do. And one of the vape people asked that question, what if the nicotine is not derived from tobacco? Would that exempt a product from FDA regulation? And the guidance came back and said, no, if it has nicotine, it's a tobacco product.
1: Mm. Well, then there's a lot of restaurants in the Hill neighborhood in St. Louis that uh, probably ought to have the FDA being another door, but...
0: Every Italian barbecue, man.
1: There you go. You got to be there. So then is Dave addicted to eggplant parm? Have you seen him? I mean, I don't know if he likes eggplant parm.
0: He would be my exhibit A
1: for eggplant parmesan (laughs) being addictive. (laughs) I'm like, I I mean, I know he likes chicken parm, but, you know, I don't know about eggplant parm. But okay.
0: Well, does he like chicken parm or is he just particular about what he calls chicken parm?
1: Well, that's valid. The whole fried chicken debate. I had that. uh, I actually brought that up with somebody recently, and uh, they agreed with you that if it even, no matter what it is, if you're taking a piece of chicken and you're frying it, it's fried chicken.
0: Yeah, that's all I'm saying.
1: Yeah, I get
0: it. I'm not saying you're gonna go to a restaurant necessarily and order fried chicken and get chicken tenders, but I've done it. It has happened. It's happened. That's what that restaurant calls fried chicken. It's boneless fried chicken.
1: There you go. Okay. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so the next ai uh, topic I is say, what is it? where are we I've run cigar out of, accessories fried chicken uh, thing every cigar smoker should have cigar accessories you should have a lighter a jet lighter i recommend vertigo cyclone it's the one i use not just in my little den here but i carry it in my pocket at work and the reason i carry it i can use any lighter in the store when employees get hired, we give them a lighter. What lighter do we give them? The Vertigo Cyclone. Why? Because when that employee strikes the striker, the lighter has to ignite because there's a silent sales pitch that's happening from the employee to the consumer. You should have one of these because I have it. Mm-hmm. And it look, it works every time. I mean, I put my Cyclones through the washer and dryer. I've done the same. <laughs> seven eight times maybe
1: not that many times
0: yeah well i'm fortunate <laughs> i'm 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 tall and thin so i can't afford my for my jeans to shrink i can if af- i can afford the waist to go in i'm skinny enough but i can't afford the leg to shrink because then you can see my socks and i don't want that so i dry my clothes on medium low so the, the lighters never exploded on me but that's good they always work better after the washer and dryer too.
1: <laughs> All the carbon
0: gets cleaned out of the jets. Yeah. Them shits work great. Uh so you need you need a jet lighter, preferably Vertigo Cyclone with the patented Vertigo big ass tank. Uh you need a good cutter. Vertigo makes a very good, inexpensive Jaws cutter that has the serrated blades. Uh Calibri makes the the, the cutter you have, the S V cutter. The SV. They also have an S, which is just a straight cut. They have a V, which is just a V cut. I I just, I had anxiety trying to pick which one I wanted. So I got the SV because it had both. It just was easier.
1: The only thing I'll say about the SV, and this is a very, very minor quibble. It is a little heavy in the pocket. Listen. (laughs) Here we go. Here we go.
0: You're a bigger guy. I I am. Your sweatshirt already has enough heft to it. You're not going to even notice, and you don't even notice what it's in your pocket. Oh, I notice when
1: it's in my 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 pocket in my shorts cuz what'll end up happening is like the weight eventually I'm I'm tugging on the pants pulling them back up.
0: You need to buy shorts with a drawstring or wear a belt. That's
1: I I wear a belt, but I I I don't know. I guess I need to go up a hole in the belt. I don't know. We'll see. So that's not a bad lighter, problem. You need for a cutter.
0: <laughs> it's not a bad problem. That's <laughs> not a bad problem. Anyway, uh you also <laughs> You also, if you're if you're buying more than a handful of cigars, you need a humidor. Mm-hmm. If you're buying a handful of cigars to smoke over the next couple of days and you're coming by the shop again, fine, you don't need a humidor. But if you're buying more than six cigars every two, three days, start buying by the box. Get yourself a humidor. There are points programs available at cigar shops where they you may even be able to earn yourself a humidor. There's there's lots of ways to get them. You can win them in a raffle, whatever.
1: I was gonna but say a lot a of humidor. times you see them at events where they're, you know, doing like the drawings and that sort of thing.
0: The magic number, by the way, for uh, winning almost every time in a drawing is three boxes. Really. Yeah, because what they'll do is they'll say, okay, there's X amount of tickets. If you buy a box, is X amount. If you buy two boxes, and then what you say is, if I buy two, if I buy three. Can I double up on the two boxes? There's no retailer on the planet. If Let's say the number's 30 tickets. There is no retailer on the planet that is not going to give you 60 tickets for three boxes. Now you're 20 tickets a box. Boom. Right in there. In there. In like Flynn.
1: There you go. I mean...
0: I'm sorry. Thirty. 30- What's the raffle we're doing right now? The raffle we're doing right now is for McAuliffe, and we're giving away a putter. So it's buy a box, get 10 chances... Buy two boxes, get thirty chances.
1: Okay, so if then the an, guy
0: buys three boxes, you're gonna am give... I going to give him sixty chances? Of course, of course you are. I want that third box,
1: <laughs> and you know he wants the putter. So there you go.
0: And he's and he's probably going to win the grand prize. He's probably going to win more than one prize.
1: Well, yeah, with sixty tickets in the drawing, that's valid. Okay, so three boxes. I learned is learned magic number. Yeah,
0: I learned that from Dave, who learned it from a customer. His customer won every raffle he wants something in every raffle and he finally went up and said how do you do it because people think it's fixed that I'm pulling your your tickets out and we don't even put uh, people's phone numbers they have a stogie points account so we write their stogie points number on it so you couldn't look in and know who it is if you wanted to cheat you could okay it makes it random random yeah so the guy's stogie number would get pulled every time to the point where Dave had it memorized he knew who <laughs> it was when he read it so He's like, how do you do it? He goes, well, mathematically speaking, if you're offering this amount of tickets for one box and this amount for two, if I get three, I can double up and, boom, mathematically, I now captured 50% of the tickets that are in the pot. So I get a 50-50 shot of making it. You got three prizes. I'm going to get one of them.
1: Okay. So the guy, the guy won all the time. I guess it all depends on your budget and how bad you really want that prize, but, you know, if you've got the money, go for it. And it's not like if you're not getting cigars for it.
0: Correct? And yeah. a lot of times with with events, they're giving away free cigars in addition to that. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. And
0: I know guys like Rocky, they do two and three box deals where the 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 second item of swag is has real value. Okay.
1: Well, I don't I I'm typically not buying three boxes at a time, but you know, well, I'd take that back. When I was out at your place last September, I I think I bought at least, I know I bought at least two because I know I bought a box of Abuelo and I bought a box of the uh, Cigar Authority Lancero, which I still have some of those left. Nice. Yeah. But I'm trying to remember if there was a third box that came home with me. It's very possible. I can't remember. There was a lot of cigars that came home with me out of that trip. I'll say that. But anyway. Oh, it was a it was a good
0: trip. It was great to have you on the show.
1: Yeah, it was fun. And uh I, I I mean, I I don't currently have a ticket for the New England Cigar Festival. Um I do What the hell are you waiting for? Well, I have my son that weekend and switching weekends is not exactly the easiest thing to do. And uh
0: This this far in advance?
1: I'll just leave it at that. It's not the easiest thing to do, <laughs> but uh you know, Fair enough. um but yeah, uh I I it'd be it sounds fun and ironically before you guys had announced what the uh the uh the micro wrestling, you know, you guys were teasing, you know, like a big thing with the little people or something like that. You know, you were teasing something and uh I know Jeff and I had talked about, you know, maybe we ought to get micro wrestling at Pulpit Fest because he he's friends with one of the promoters' wives, or something like that, and we priced it out and realized, yeah, this is going to be too much for our budget. And then you guys announce it, and we're like, well, now we really can't do it because it's really going to look like we ripped them off. Oh no! <laughs> now you have to do it. <laughs> no, oh, it was you like you guys
0: have ripped off so many I'm great to, things.
1: I'm trying to remember. I think it was like ten thousand dollars if we want to keep the ticket money or else they get like all the ticket money and so I don't remember it was it was a lot of money to, to get yeah, them. you get
0: you're getting you're getting ripped off yeah so I don't want to discuss on the air but when we get off the show I'll tell you what we
1: paid <laughs> it, it ain't 10,000 well that was the price we were quoted so
0: Dave would have done it for 10,000 but
1: oh it ain't I think 10, it, I I've look they've come through this area and I've threatened to go a number of times the problem is they're always at strip clubs and for whatever reason I don't know why they're always at strip clubs, but they always are at strip clubs around here. And I just, you know, I didn't want to, I, I just didn't want to go. But uh, one of these days they're going to hit at an actual bar and I can go and watch the micro wrestling.
0: I hear it's a good time. I can't wait for it. Uh, we just cut a promo. My, uh, I think you met Larry when you were in. Um, Short Shorter gentleman, he's almost a little person himself. <laughs> Older guy, silver hair, looks like Mike Cusano.
1: Uh possibly. Sounds so. Familiar. Anyways,
0: uh, he and my assistant Trevor went to. Uh, yes, this yes, I do remember Larry. Wrestling. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So he loves he loves the wrestling, and so they go, and they had said to Dave, <laughs> "We're gonna go early." And we already talked to the promoter and he's going to let us cut a promo for the Cigar Expo because it's the same troupe that's going to be there. Oh, cool. So he, um, Dave writes up a script and sends them with the script. The little people memorize it. And, but I think they messed up the two guys, cigars.com. So Larry comes on screen and he like po- pokes his finger into the, the man's chest. Like, just a little bit down. He's only a little taller than the guy. And he says, that's twoguyscigars.com. Get it? twoguyscigars.com. And the guy slaps a headlock on him and starts giving him a noogie. And he punches him in the sack and says, I've never lost to a midget. Punches him in the balls. So I don't know if that promo is going to make it on the Cigar Authority, but if you go to the uh, Cigar Expo
1: Facebook page, you can watch it. It's a a riot. It needs to. Now, technically, four eleven is the cutoff for uh for height
0: I think I think that Larry is five foot tall. okay so
1: four, yeah I'm gonna say he might have cleared it by like an inch but yeah 411 yeah. four is is and below is considered uh you know little person. So anyway
0: different I, fun facts that we learn here on the show I was gonna I say. I think it's time that we address the elephant in the room <laughs> oh yeah. I'm going to take you to task on something. Okay. Oh, okay. Now, I'm going to teach you about negotiating. Okay. When you negotiate and you lay something on the table, like four rotisserie chickens. I'm open to four rotisserie chickens. And then you remove three rotisserie chickens. <laughs> that leaves you with less rotisserie chickens in the negotiation, thereby making your offer
1: less appealing. Or maybe because I removed them. So that I could bring them back later,
0: but you just don't don't say it. You, then you can always up the ante and say, "Okay, we're going to go to four rotisserie chickens." But you went to four, then you went down to one. <laughs> now I don't get a rotisserie chicken, and I happen to like
1: rotisserie chicken a lot. I mean, I'm uh, you—you would have had my vote. I'm I'm all in for the rotisserie chickens. Well, four, it's four too late now. Chicken. I'm soured. Oh, but see, you know, you're still going to get a rotisserie chicken out of the deal. I thought I thought the bit about the uh, I thought the, the Cracker Barrel gift card
0: Cracker Barrel gift card was good, but the the yeah. 17 cent voucher at the <laughs> casino. Oh my god!
1: Yeah, you know. Now, did you did you happen to listen to the follow up with uh, Trey Mack Shipley from Aladino, where he offered up uh, the Bill Belichick rookie card and a variety of other Yeah, yeah, yeah. Questionable I did hear that products. Episode. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, I heard that one. The, the Spanish um, Fly really awesome
1: yeah he did take back the uh toothbrush holder we'll just call it a toothbrush holder
0: the uh the thing i dig about gator the most (laughs) is the excitement that he has and the salesmanship he has about really mundane shit like the his his mres the possibly expired mr
1: oh trust me they're probably expired
0: to pop those in. He was so happy with himself.
1: Given the fact, given, just just thinking back to the one time on the show that we did eat an MRE, and uh, yeah, I'm, I can guarantee you they're expired. That cheese spread that he had, it was multicolored. It was very, very nasty.
0: Could have been poor wine.
1: No, it was more of a green, not a red, kind of multicolored. Gotcha. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't It was good. Well, but, you're more uh, of a wine guy than I thought. Well, I'm... I'm well, then, you, then you gave I'm, yourself credit for. I'm aware that I don't think wine comes in green. Maybe it does, but none that I've ever seen.
0: Maybe a St. Patrick's Day limited edition or something.
1: There well, you go. That's beer. There you go. Like a Candela wine or something. Well, you know, I don't know. Negotiations are still, you know, being mulled over on our side. We're we're, we're debating. Um you know what? Where we want to go next, but it we'll, was
0: we'll it see. was such a brilliant concept, and the <laughs> the stealing of the broke ass hose and putting it on a loop. Brilliant, the it's brilliant. See, I, I, like I actually the- wanted to come on and pretend like I was <laughs> mad at you, but I I just have to I have to say to your listeners that the the folks on the Cigar Authority and the folks on Cigar Pulpit are cool, and a lot of shit gets said to help each other's episodes and do this cross pollination but it's all in good fun it's good natured we all can take a joke and i just look forward to whatever the next either edition of this joke is (laughs) or whatever the next thing is because you guys you get the humor of the parody and you take it just far enough it's never annoying it's very good, and it's very well done.
1: Oh, I still think back to the episode that we did where we actually did legitimately parody you guys. And uh, we had a lot of fun. That was fun. the first one
0: I listened to. We had a
1: lot of fun with that one, too. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, no, that's the thing. It's 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 just all in fun, you know? And I'm glad that we're able to do that because, I mean, you know, all it takes is somebody to get butt hurt, and then suddenly the fun goes away. So I'm glad that... Yeah everybody gets in on the joke
0: with the amount of shit I take on our show you know that I'm never going to get butt hurt mm-hmm. it's it's all good <laughs> it's all good
1: well good ah oh, well okay so we've addressed the elephant in the room negotiations still on. by the way you guys are saying that you're reaching out to my people again i'd like to point out i am my people so like well, I, I, think, ne- I never heard i think
0: from that is the that is the joke is that we're waiting for you to have people to be able oh to okay
1: today. okay I do need I you know I would give my left arm for an Ed Sullivan.
0: He ain't cheap. I'm well I'm not even good.
1: necessarily saying I need Ed Sullivan himself but just a Ed Sullivan, you know. But uh I don't know and, and, and no offense he's he's totally your MVP right there.
0: He's really good.
1: He just ninjas really good. He just ninjas in and cuts you down to nothing and then just ninjas right back out.
0: Yeah. my favorite thing about him. (laughs) And he does that off the show too. I mean, there's no, there is, there's no safe spaces with him. He's just crotchety old (laughs) man all the time. Uh, All the time. God. In fact, I refer to him as the C word often. And when I'm, when we're on the show, I don't say that word. Uh, I don't say it on any podcast really, but uh, I'll say to him, Ed Sullivan, has anyone called you that today? And when you hear me say that next time, that's what I'm talking about.
1: Codger. Codger. There you go. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So what else does the uh, the AI suggest here? I know you still have more.
0: So um, today's cigars are produced in many countries around the world, including Dominican Republic, Nicaragua, and Honduras. And the cigar industry has faced challenges in recent years due to increased regulations and anti-smoking laws but cigar smoking continues to be a popular hobby among enthusiasts. And that concludes our AI. Oh, no, there's a cigar myths and misconceptions. Misconne- Sorry, I missed that. Oh, okay. Debunk common myths and misconceptions about cigars, such as the belief that they are only for men and that they are harmful to your health. Well, we already debunked that. I was
1: going to say. And, uh, you know, G- Gator's not here to say it, but there's nothing sexier than a woman smoking a cigar true true
0: my uh my girlfriend in fact on our first date I think partially because she was nervous about being on the first date mm-hmm. uh but she was she's a retired cigarette smoker still vapes which I'm trying to get her to stop but uh on our first date we were gonna go we went to dinner we're gonna go for a walk it rained we went to dinner so we go to dinner and at that point I had to come clean that I'm a weird eater because I'm ordering a burger with no bun. And the lectins. No fries. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and I tried not to bore with the lectin bullshit. but So I get my double cheeseburger with no anything and wrapped in lettuce. So whatever. She, I, she may have even ordered the same thing and just did away with the carbs because girls are always obsessed with not eating carbs. So then we're going to go axe throwing. Can't find an axe-throwing place that's open at 9 o'clock on a Monday. There's no bowling alley open.
1: Yeah, Mondays are rough days for dates.
0: So I... And we had rescheduled the date a couple of times. It was supposed to be on the weekend. Something happened with her kid, blah, blah, blah. So we go... Uh, I said, how about coming to my place for a cigar? And I go, I don't have sex on the first date, so I'm not trying to bang you. I'm not trying to take advantage of anything. I just we'll go out, we'll sit on my back deck and we'll have a cigar and get to know each other and that'll be that. And she said, I'd love that. And we had a cigar on the first date and I snapped a picture of the ashtray with the two cigars in it at the end. We only smoked maybe two inches and then it was getting late. And uh, yeah, but I went over how to cut, how to light. And it's such a valuable thing to have uh, feminine energy in your life that is okay with the cigars. Oh, like totally. I, okay, is, okay is exceptional. She actually likes it. We'll sit out. Uh, I'm off on Sundays and Mondays, so she gets out of work at noontime on Sundays, and we'll sit out and catch some rays, and I'll be smoking my cigar, and she just loves the aroma. So that is worth its weight in gold to me.
1: Well, let me ask. Did her dad or grandfather smoke cigars? Mm.
0: Yeah, her grandfather on her mother's side there was you a cigar go. smoker. There
1: you go. I found that if someone in the in their personal past was a cigar smoker, they tend to be way more okay with it than uh than not.
0: And that the I think I would maybe go all the way up to altering what cigars I smoked in front of someone, but if they hated the cigars it'd be a deal breaker
1: yeah well, it, yeah you cause gotta let's be, be at ri- least it,
0: it, at least tolerant,
1: yeah, because let's be real it's just it's part of who you are, and you're not gonna change that I mean, I look you're in the same boat i am i'm I'm old enough that I'm not gonna change my spots, you know it's like I am who I am, so accept it or we can move on absolutely so yeah, and
0: i, I the the part about the, – there's something about smoking a cigar with somebody else. Now, obviously, she'll smoke a cigar with me sometimes, and my daughter will smoke a cigar with me yeah. sometimes. But the just having somebody else there while you're smoking to – the cigar is nice because it will take up some of the gaps in conversation. But then there is someone to talk to, which yeah. is very nice. The conversation. And The conversation, I think, is everything. I would probably draw the line, too. I wouldn't go down as far as acid. Like I'm not gonna smoke an aromatic to appease somebody. At that point, I'd just be like, you know what, this isn't working out.
1: Okay. I will say the uh, the Java Mint isn't isn't. If you're gonna do an aromatic one, that's not a bad one, because that one is basically a thin mint Girl Scout cookie.
0: Man, I just don't know how PC I should be here, so I'm going <laughs> to not. I'm not going to say to you, do you know how I know you're gay? I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I mean, you can. But I, I want you to know what I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And if you have to bleep that out, I understand. No, I'm
1: not bleeping it out. No, I get it. I mean, but no, I. look, I'm not doing it on the regular. I've probably had one. Well, I had one not every, too not Every too week. Terribly. No, God, no. I mean, I maybe have had two this year, which is two more than you've had this year. But that's okay.
0: I smoked an inch of it when it first came in yeah so that I could speak about it.
1: It's a Girl Scout thin mint cookie.
0: It is a Girl Scout thin mint cookie it's got exactly that. Oh. I just don't I don't trust I don't trust the flavoring agents. I don't trust flavoring in other stuff either. I'm not putting flavored creamer in my coffee. If I'm in a cycle in my diet where I'm adding heavy cream to my coffee, it's just heavy cream and I'm doing it because I need to hit a calorie threshold in fat. It's the only reason. Speaking if I of, I haven't hit my
1: macros. Well, speaking of which, haven't you been you've been you've been bulking up, right?
0: I'm up twenty pounds since January fourth. It's well, a it's a virtually impossible amount of weight to gain. But I've done a lot of research. I have hacked the shit out of my body. The only supplement that I'm taking, other than vitamins, is creatine. I eat a shitload of red meat, and recently, in the last month, I've started cycling in carbs by way of sweet potatoes and twice-cooked rice, which is a resistant starch, blah, blah, blah. You don't need to hear that. But just so I can replace my glycogen stores from heavy lifting.
1: Okay. So um, part of Dave's uh, counter offer to us was to, to beat the weight. What are we talking? I mean, that's the thing. You know, we're... We're we're sitting here it's like me and Jeff and and Gervais and you know by the way Nick is very very happy with Barry saying he was only like a buck 15 <laughs> <laughs> He's 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 very happy with that. But anyway, the point is like we do we don't even know what we're what we're going up against here. I mean, you know cuz I got to start shoveling I, I got to start shoveling food down Gator's gullet, you know. I got to get him up to Barry weight.
0: I think you just I think you just have to put it in front of him and he'll just eat it.
1: Yeah, but you know, it's it's amount it's it's a matter of the amount. That's the thing. I just I need to know where to stop.
0: I don't want If to he gets together. all of his calories from um french fries, you got you got everything covered. He'll I mean, he'll be insulin resistant, but he'll <laughs> he'll be fine. Yeah, y- you do have the appearance of having a cameraman cuz that camera follows you.
1: That's weird. I don't know why. And it zooms
0: It zooms in and out. How does it do that?
1: I have no damn idea. I just have my iPad on a tripod right now. What's following you? I mean, well, here, I'm just... Son of a bitch, you're right, it is. Yeah, I know, I'm watching it. I'm watching it too now, that's really weird.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't know. And it zooms in and out sometimes when you put your hands up, it zooms out.
1: Weird, I don't know. No, I don't know. Maybe this iPad's smarter than the old iPad that I was using because the other one, because I messaged you before the show, the one I was going to use, the battery was dead. So I grabbed the other one because the one that with the battery dead, that one, that one had a fall in uh, one of our episodes and it it got a little damaged. So I got myself a new one, but I haven't used it for this yet. So I don't know. Maybe there's a difference in the camera. Who knows?
0: Could be. I don't know. The, uh, I'm very interested in the new chip they're putting in the iPads where you can do all the music and video editing on it. Mm. That is going to be a game changer, and I think I can plug my DJ controller into it and operate uh, one of the DJ programs with it, oh, be that'll badass. be
1: cool. That'll be cool. I will say... I, I like using my iPad for, for things like this. Cause it's just so much easier than bringing out the laptop and getting everything going. But we tried to use, um, what was it? I think it was called StreamYard, you know, for this. And, uh, they said it worked on an iPad, but man, it never did. I tried it twice. In fact, one time was with Dave and the it was just so poor that, you know, we, I gave up and that's when we rescheduled and I just restarted up, uh, my Zoom account. So I don't know.
0: I forget Ed Sullivan had mentioned one uh, program that records both audios with the video, but it records the audios separate and then syncs them in a file that you can download at the end where the lips match up and everything's perfect, but you don't get the cancellation that we get every time we talk over each other.
1: Oh, that's good. Yeah. Cause that's the one problem with Zoom is that you do get that cancellation.
0: But you're working with a professional who knows how to talk when you stop talking most of the time.
1: That's true unlike Jeff we'll just talk over everybody the whole damn time. but um so why don't we now go ahead and do this because we've been we've been talking let's do this now. We all need to live united but one must go brought to you by United Cigars makers of Logiana Havana abuelo, Red Anchor, firecracker and of course United Cigars. Distributors of Jose Dominguez, Garofalo, Montoza, and Terranova, and the highly acclaimed Atabe, Byron, and Bandolero. Buy United, Smoke United, Live United, United Cigars. So, okay. I, I got a one
0: must go if you don't have one.
1: I mean, I was going to throw one out, but if you want, you can throw yours out. This is fine.
0: Sure. So, one must go. You're putting together an outfit. You've got white shoes, white pants white shirt which one do you lose
1: oh dear god i mean first of all if you wear all three you're gonna look like a Uh, hospital orderly
0: by the way the white shoes come with a matching white belt obviously because we always match our leathers well of course
1: um but yeah you're gonna look like a hospital orderly if you're wearing all of that at once um i would say the pants
0: I would say the pants as I would, well.
1: I would say the pants. I would, I think you know you mix it up because the the white on white with the pants and the uh, shirt, you know, different. That that's gonna look weird just in and of itself. The white on white with the shoes and the pants, meh. I I think you need that that differentiator in the middle. I agree. Okay.
0: The uh, and you don't have the rules with the white shoes and the white shirt that you have with the white pants. And you can't. You can only wear them between the two holidays at the beginning and the end of the summer and all that bullshit. So you can wear white shoes anytime.
1: I don't pay much attention. Shut up. You no. don't even have. I don't, don't even have white, I don't have white don't pants. You don't have white pants,
0: so it, it doesn't matter to you. And you Jonathan, don't own a seersucker suit either.
1: I'm fat. I don't wear white except maybe a shirt. It just. It just doesn't. Like me in white pants, it's just not. Good. I'm gonna look like a cloud bouncing down the street.
0: I never thought of that way.
1: Yeah. Right. All right. <laughs> yeah. Black is slimming. Fair enough. Darker colors are slimming. <laughs> well, see, I was gonna go a different way. I was gonna go more more your own personal preferences here. Um, so just based off you know listening to you on the show, I know that you are a uh, you're obviously an Aladino fan obviously a Perdomo fan. I mean I just saw the mug earlier. And um, you know, I know you like the Nelson Alfonso cigars, you know, the 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 uh, uh, Bandoleros and the, the you know Byron's and the Atabase. And so You're I was a
0: piece of shit for making me pick this. So
1: I was gonna say one must go, one of those three <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say it has to be Perdomo that goes. Wow. What would all the listeners do? You're not gonna—they're not gonna get drunk on Saturday anymore.
0: Well, this is just for your show.
1: I'm oh, not okay. shit okay. my show.
0: <laughs> Nick actually listens to our show.
1: Oh, <laughs> <I'm> safe here. <laughs> Burn. All right. All right. All right. Well, fair enough. Uh, uh-huh. you know,
0: it it, it all—it all boils down to what—what what am I using the cigar for the occasion for? So I smoke Aladino almost. I smoke it every day. Yeah whether I'm at home or not. So I smoke it every day. So that has to stay for birthdays, for Christmas holidays, special occasions. I always get some sort of selected tobacco product to Byron, Byron, 1850 Alfonso bandolero. So, and I got enough variety there where if I just said, okay, I'm going to keep selected tobacco, I could bounce around price points. Exactly. and still be happy. Yeah. With, with Aladino, I can move, I can move around through his whole portfolio with Pernomo, I really only smoke Sun Grown, and it's typically my second or third cigar of the day. So I guess I would just smoke an extra Alfonso or Bandolero or Aladino, and I could survive.
1: Fair enough. Um, and And you make a good argument. Now, personally, I mean, it's a little easier for me going in that direction because, you know, I don't really... I, I don't have well now that I think about it there is one store now that's carrying the Alfon- or the uh, selected tobacco stuff here in the St. Louis area but um tip I mean I smoke way more Aladino and perdomo you know on the regular so for me that would be the direction I would go is to cut those but a- after having smoked them you know especially up in two guys in September I mean it would be a hard hard cut to make but yeah
0: well that in uh Pernomo's not an advertiser on your podcast.
1: No, he's not. He's not. Yeah. I I mean, he's... you know. Thanks I'll for... always
0: cut the guy that's not an advertiser.
1: Thanks for pointing that out. well. That's true. <laughs> that's a valid point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. We we can get out of this because it's getting awkward. The one must go segment was brought to you by United
0: Cigars. United, we smoke.
1: Uh no, uh, The Hill Cigar Company in St. Louis. They just recently brought on United Cigars. And so now we have a place locally that we can get out bays and Byron's and Vandalero's and all the fun stuff. So.
0: Yeah, the two best cigars I've ever smoked in my life are the Alfonso Number 2 and the Byron 1850 Torpedo Number 2.
1: I actually gave my dad a uh, I don't know which one it was. It was it's a Toro um uh an atabe for him to smoke he's uh retired uh, he just he just recently like this year essentially retired and um uh, he
0: it's either uh, a delirios or a retos would be the toro size okay
1: and um i just saw him this past weekend and i was like hey did you smoke that and he's like he's like no you know he's like it I was waiting for the right moment, you know, when it just kind of like when everything came together and the and, and it's like I knew at that moment everything was kind of done. And just the way it's kind of gone down without getting into too much detail, um, that right moment hasn't quite hit. So um, I don't know what he's going to do with it. He is getting ready to go on a trip over to Rome for a little while. So I was like, dude, smoking in Rome. But, yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, the, life is absolutely too short to sit on the special ones for too long. Smoke them. When I die, there won't be very many expensive cigars in my humidor, I promise you.
1: <laughs> well, we know there's going to be some of those, uh, those uh, Roma Craft ones you were talking about earlier. Yeah, there'll be the
0: Roma Craft ones. They weren't expensive. Um, there'll be Aladinos. There'll be some Bandoleros. But the high-end stuff they're bought for special occasions and I just look for reasons to smoke them. Well, it's Sunday and it's a beautiful day out. I can sit there and enjoy that cigar. What what just because it's not my birthday? No, I can sit there and enjoy that cigar. Yeah. And it's not my birthday and it's just a nice day and this was the perfect occasion and you just make that occasion and you take the hour and a half to just enjoy whatever's going on around you.
1: No, that's that. No, that's a really good point. Because you can and, always
0: buy another one. It's not even at. I mean, the the buyer in 1850 in a non-tax state is fifty dollars. In a tax state, maybe it's sixty, sixty-five dollars. Even at that price point, everybody can afford one cigar. So if you smoked it, and you enjoyed it thoroughly, and then you had a birthday coming up, you buy it again or. You tell somebody that's your favorite cigar and you have them buy it, and that's that's your gift. Yeah. And then you have another thing to celebrate. Find the moments to celebrate. That's the probably the number one lesson that I learned from my grandfather as a cigar smoker is I handed him a box. It was gifted by Eric Hansen. It was a it was called Second Growth. And it was made by Hendrik Kellner Jr. for Hendrik Kellner Kellner Senior's birthday. Okay. Secret crop grown, secret project worked on, very, very high-end cigar. And when Eric Hansen went down and smoked one of the samples, he just saw the wheels sitting off to the side and smoked it and said, I want that. And they're like, no, no, you don't understand. This was for this project and we did it and we smoked it. We had the party. And he goes, however many are left, give me a price. I'll take them all. And he went back and forth with them for a while, finally got it, hired a shipbuilder in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, to uh, also bought um, second growth wine barrels from France, had them deconstructed and shipped to the shipbuilder. The shipbuilder built the boxes. I still have one of the boxes, only a thousand boxes ever made. I still have one of the boxes. Gorgeous, gorgeous box, unbelievable cigar. Anyways, he gifted it to my grandfather who had called into the show uh, early, early on. And at the end I go, listen, He's like half in the wrapper as far as Alzheimer's. He's probably a scotch in on the day. He's not going to remember what you said. And he goes, I'm buying it for him, and we're sending it to him. I go, you don't have to send it to him. At least let me give it to him because I'm going to see him in a couple weeks. So I give it to him. Knowing who he was, I brought a second box of cigars, Jose Dominguez, Torpedo Natural. Mm -hmm. And he handed out those cigars To everybody that wanted a cigar, and I went around behind and explained to them what the cigar was, that it was a gift from this man for Grampy. Just, can I trade you this cigar? Because it didn't matter to the person. It was a cigar for a cigar. Yeah. Put them all in, and he and I smoked the last two, and it was then I told him that they were $32 cigars, and he inhaled a little bit and choked. And was like, (laughs) I never would have smoked them if I knew they were $32, and I said, that's why I didn't tell you. I
1: didn't tell you. Yep.
0: You got a chance to smoke that cigar 19 times and enjoy your time with it 19 times. And now the 20th, uh, the 19th time you're smoking it with me and I'm enjoying it with you. And this is, this is what life is about is finding those moments to sit back and take that hour, hour and a half to really reflect on what's going on and enjoy your time. Love Cause it. Life's too short.
1: See, and going back, that's the health benefit that right there. It's that, that mental health benefit that you get sure. from cigars. So um, well, we can also get in the Villiger segment here real quick. I don't, I don't, I still don't have a drop. I should have kept Villiger. the Villiger. There you go. It's uh Villiger cigars, guys. Head on over to their website. They've got the store locator. You can find some great cigars. Villiger de Nicaragua is one of my favorites. The La Libertad is one of my favorites. They've got great cigars. You're going to want to try them. Villiger cigars. So. This is where we talk about billiger. Billiger. so this is where we've been talking about what we've been watching and uh enjoying, you know, entertainment wise. Do you I, I don't even know. Do you watch much TV? Uh I own a TV.
0: I uh the girl has subscription services. I don't subscribe to anything except for YouTube.
1: Mm-hmm. So I don't
0: have to deal with YouTube commercials. So I watch a lot of stuff on YouTube. Diet stuff, exercise stuff, it's boring. Yeah. Um But on Netflix, there's a movie called A Man Called Otto. Yeah, I
1: heard about that. That's the Tom Hanks movie, right?
0: Yeah. So what you have to know about the movie is if you've ever seen the movie Turner and Hooch. Okay. Take Turner. Move him forward in his life 40 years. His wife has died. He's lost his dog. He's miserable. And... Discovers the value of the community that's around him, and also, comedically attempts suicide multiple times in the movie. No but it, you just have, to, it's but it's, it's very funny how it plays out. It's not even meant to be a comedy, but you can't help but laugh when he fails miserably to kill himself, and then each time he learns a new lesson and learns a new lesson. And uh, very feel good movie. You'll cry at the end, but a man called Otto, very good.
1: Okay, all right. Um, I've still been watching, uh, the Larry Sanders show and, uh, getting through that. I, I, it, I know it's old, but, uh, obviously I didn't watch it when it was on originally. And I just love the, the dry humor of that show. It's just been great. And what's been neat is the fact that it was done, you know, back in the, you know, early nineties. So you're seeing all these guest stars, um, you know, and, and remembering back what they were doing at that time, like David Spade. I mean, he's on it. He's stupid young and he's talking about his SNL, getting on SNL and whatnot. And it's just, I don't know. It's been fun, but um, I'm trying to think of what else if I, I'm if a big anything.
0: Uh, I'm a big fan of the show Peaky Blinders.
1: That's on my list. I haven't watched that yet. Oh my God. I, is it great? Like the Sopranos is my all time favorite show. And so, so like, it's,
0: it is the sopranos set in um england in whatever early uh, late 1800s they have cars so late 18 to 1900s uh early 1900s it, it is unbelievably good violent like the sopranos but yeah. very very well done
1: very phenomenal
0: cool. character development i mean by the time you're in the fifth or sixth episode you know everybody They do some flashbacks into people's lives and you start to understand the characters and their flaws and you just look forward to the next episode and the next episode. It's very binge-worthy.
1: Okay. I'll have to check that out. I did see a preview today for the second, uh, what is it, Extractor movie. It's it's one of those action movies with uh, Chris Pratt. It's going to be on, I think, Netflix. But But I did see that there's going to be a new um, special of... uh, uh, I don't know if you watch it. The Grand Tour? No. Okay, so did you ever watch Top Gear? Yes. Okay, so the three guys... That, American
0: well, Top Gear, not the British one.
1: Ah, see, you watch the bad one. The British one's the one to watch. I see the British one
0: on the YouTube shorts, and it does look funny. The I, I you, never watched you it. you got
1: to watch it with uh, uh, Jeremy Clarkson and James May and Richard Hammond. Those are the three guys. They were on it. Jeremy Clarkson said something, you know, offensive and... BBC dropped him and then the other two guys they walked with him and they went off to Amazon and started the Grand Tour and so those three guys are just fucking hilarious together and they've got a new special coming out on Amazon I feel like it's sometime in June and uh, they just go off to these like locales now and just get shitty cars and drive around and deal with all the, the mayhem that happens with their cars when they break down in the middle of the freaking desert or some shit like that It, it I, I love that show Awesome. It's kind of cars and travel log, and then three guys just bust each other's balls.
0: I do have Amazon Prime, so I probably have it, right? You
1: have it. Yep. Yep. All right. So, well, there we go. Well, okay. Well, that 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 that's Villager. I haven't really uh, I haven't really watched a whole lot lately. I've just been busy. You know how that is. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so what else do we have to accomplish here? And that's
0: why I can never say that on on a podcast. I, I would only ever say that on video because I mean, you. I mean, you you heard it. Yeah, it's fair. So enough. I can't. It's. I it's, can't have people knowing, that.
1: I mean, I'm shocked that you even admitted it, even on video. But you know, such is life.
0: Well, I just feel like the three people that watch really deserve to know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got to give it to uh, listener uh, Paul. I think it's like one, two, three, four. I don't know. It's Paul four numbers. He uh he comments on the on the YouTube videos quite frequently. So, you know, he's he's one of our YouTube people. He saw that. Perfect. There we go. Um
0: Paul, keep that to yourself until I do that show.
1: <laughs> there you go. Um man, C and I have a follow up question. I'll I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait till after we're done with the follow up question since you know, that came up during that. So why don't we now just do this to get this uh Thanks. You know, we uh, we did one segment of Pinky's fun facts with her, and I need to get I need to get in touch with her and see if uh, we can bank up a bunch of them. She has all these really wretched fun facts, but they're just they're they're like she's like I have a fun fact, and and it all started. I was having a conversation with her, and somehow or another, we got on the subject of uh, fire prevention week. And she said, you know, fun fact, did you know that that started as a response to the Great Chicago Fire? Because, like, 15,000 people lost their homes and all these people died and shit. And I'm like, holy crap. I'm like, how is that a fun fact? It's like, what? what's next? Like, hey, fun fact, did you know that Hitler gassed, like, 8,000 freaking kids and blah, blah? And so, like, yeah, she has really dark fun facts. So, you know, I want to I get the fun facts going again. I don't know any
0: fun facts I don't think
1: the one that she did before we had to uh, life happened and we had to stop that segment was uh that uh fun fact back before people had bowls they would use the skulls of their defeated enemies to uh eat from
0: all right, I'm glad I know that now
1: Here you go now you know now you know anyway. So, um, what else do we need to accomplish here? We've, we've discussed the, uh, the ongoing negotiations. I don't want to, I don't want to get into that too far because, you know, I mean, let's be real. We don't want to. Yeah. You
0: can't, you can't be conferring with the enemy no, I was while you're, say, uh, it, while you're coming it, it, up it with your,
1: feels like a side conversation. I mean, I don't want, I don't want Dave getting all bent out of shape about that. And then, uh, you know, we did all the chat AI stuff. So, um, Well, we're available on the socials at The Cigar Pulpit, as well as at Naked Gator, N-E-K-K-I-D Gator. That's uh, that's his page. Then we have The Cigar Pulpit Parishioners Group on Facebook, where everybody's having a good time, you know, just constantly ripping on the two of us and having fun with that. And uh, then we have Twitter, where I still contend Twitter's going to end up being the last refuge of the damned for cigar smokers to uh, promote their, their, their... Hobby. Um, I just had
0: to double check my Twitter handle. I wanted to make sure I got it right. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I am at Mr. Jonathan DJ. That's M R J O N A T H A N D is in door, J is in jerk. Mr. Jonathan DJ uh, on Twitter. I'm very active. I post cigar stuff, uh, pictures of what I'm eating, outfits, you know, regular stuff that I do.
1: Okay.
0: I'm also active on the Miwis.
1: I would say you have the Miwis. Yeah. Yeah, Um, And I post
0: on YouTube, but it's all dance stuff on YouTube. So uh, you can follow me there if you want to. It's Mr. Jonathan on YouTube.
1: Okay. We're on YouTube where you can watch this fun stuff. And then we do need your calls for Ask the Boys at area code 863-874-0000. You can get in on that. That'll be coming up. Oh, my God. It's the the most
0: stressful. It's the most stressful episode you guys do. Why? Because some of the questions... I have the answer, <laughs> and sometimes you're like, oh, I, I don't really know the answer to that." And I'm like, "It's fucking Maduro. <laughs> That's what it is. It's Maduro. It's a process. It it takes three years, or whatever whatever the answer is." Uh, also, while we're doing the socials, I don't want to forget. Yeah. I am on a podcast called The Cigar Authority. You are, and we are on YouTube. We're on the Facebooks. Uh, we are on the Miwis and we are on the podcasts. All podcast catchers, just follow. The Cigar Authority, and you'll get this show, but better.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, we're fatter, tra- we're trying, F-
0: fatter. Well, you'll get this show, but fatter. How we're about trying.
1: That? Well, I mean, technically, yeah. I mean, you guys have a person up on us, too. That's the other thing, you know, this whole beat the weight challenge. And Sullivan only weighs
0: 200 pounds, he's nothing.
1: That's the 200 extra pounds could make the difference. There's three of you. Sack up. Well, I mean, well, I guess technically between you and Ed Sullivan, it probably adds up to one of us. I weigh one eighty eight. Oh dear God.
0: <laughs> if you need me to, I could. I mean, I can drop ten pounds like this.
1: No, I think I, I'm. I'm in agreement with uh, Dave and Barry, and he'd probably keep adding some some weight.
0: So. Yeah, the goal. I got 12, 12 more to go. When I hit two hundred, I'm going to stop lifting as heavy, and I'm going to go back to maintenance.
1: There you go. That's healthy. That's good. Anyway, well, very cool. Well, Mr. Jonathan, I want to thank you for taking time out. I know this was a last minute ask and everything, but uh, yeah, I, no problem. Know, this is a good time. And uh, let's talk about the cigar a little bit. I did end up firing up my second one, and uh, you know I'm in the in the second third of it, and um, the uh, the earthy flavor has definitely dominated the second second third of this cigar. I haven't gotten...
0: Well, when you get down to this far, I got about an inch left. Yeah. This is literally the sweet spot. This is where the smoke gets hot, but this is where the smoke takes on its sweetest flavor. Uh, If if I were to characterize it with a flavor note, it, it becomes more of a slightly spicy brown sugar.
1: Okay. That's nice.
0: That's burning my fingers. i got to put it down.
1: <laughs> I tried. You tried. You tried. So then in terms of, uh, I mean, you obviously smoke this this cigar on the regular every day, and then now you have your aged one. What sort of differences would you say? I mean, obviously the cedar, but what the sort of The cedar is the most prevalent
0: thing, but the the other thing is what we discussed at the beginning of the show is the tobaccos. I know I know it's all Corojo, but it's three distinct parts of the plant, Yeah, and those— flavors kind of combine and you get a a cigar that has fewer sharp notes, the The Aladino Corolla Reserve right out of the box, I would put up there with something like a Padron, which is a little on the sharper side flavor-wise and a, a little more aggressive in your face, a little more peppery. When you get the aged ones, the pepper diminishes. You don't lose the nicotine. It still is a full-strength cigar, but... Well, that's creepy. <laughs> it's um, the best I've got.
1: <laughs> this is what you get oh, to start the show late. Well, I, I didn't, <laughs> I, yeah, well, I didn't, I didn't think to bring out my ring light. Otherwise, I would have. Anyway, so now it looks like I'm telling spooky stories around the campfire with you.
0: So that's the major difference. <laughs> when, you, when you age a cigar, you really just take down the, the sharp notes, and it becomes a smoother. So if you think in terms of uh, cheese, if you were at, uh, extra sharp cheddar without the age then uh you age it and you get more of a um a mellower a creamier cheddar
1: gotcha well perfect it's terrible
0: it's a terrible analogy cuz cheddar's only good the sharper it gets Oh, well terrible
1: it's okay it's okay the people get the- I wanted
0: to say like american cheese but that's a that's a shitty analogy too i, I the cheese thing i just blew it I blew the whole thing.
1: I think people get the point. I think that's what matters. So anyway, well, Mr. Jonathan, seriously, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I really do appreciate it. Oh, it's my uh, pleasure. You know, um, we will do uh, this again very soon in
0: a couple weeks. And uh, we're going to blow the doors off uh, that magazine.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I will get that information all put together. Well, guys, this has been another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm Nick.
0: And I'm Mr. Jonathan.
1: And everybody stay safe and stay smoky. Now we have the 30-some seconds worth of music.
0: Can I tell people to stick the lid end in their mouth because they might like it?
1: I have a funny story about that. So, um, you've heard me reference the uh, Smoking Butts and Tapping Ash guys, the barbecue team that has, they also have their podcast. Um, I'll wait for this to This will be the Easter egg. So Travis, the one guy on that team that we always tease him about how he can't say his M's. He uh <laughs> he apparently did stick the lid end in his mouth and uh proceeded to cinch his tongue and then as he realized what he'd done, he pulled the cigar back out of his mouth, but it had a little bit of ash on the end of it and that clipped his, it hit his tooth and so he ashed in his mouth as well. Oh, yeah. So he did not recommend doing that.
0: There's only been two times that I've consumed ash, uh, and it's because my brother and I play this ridiculous game called Ashtag, where <laughs> anything goes as long as you say "ashtag" before the ash leaves the cigar, and you just have to deal with the consequences. So my brother has ashed in my food <laughs> Ew. and I ate it, and he has ashed in my scotch,
1: and I drank it. Ugh. So, I mean, it has happened. You've gotten him back though, right.
0: Oh yeah, he he is ahead of the game though because he once hashtagged me. He put a cigar in my gas cap area, like behind the door, and put a note that said hashtag motherfucker. And so I open it, and a cigar falls out. It scared the shit out of me. I, I, I thought I was gonna blow up. The cigar well, yeah, had been out like for days, but I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me.
1: <laughs> well fun well, what's the what's the worst one you've done to him then
0: uh the worst one that has happened is his stepson didn't say hashtag and he shot the ash directly <laughs> into my ear oh, God. and I could hear it sizzling oh, my skin in my ear oh
1: God
0: and I punched him in the jaw <laughs> just straight shot like a cartoon. Like Thor, like um, the Incredible Hulk punching Thor in that movie, yeah, just punched him, and he's holding his face and he's like, "What are you punching me for?" And I go, "You didn't say hashtag, so you just put ash in my ear and burned me. So you had it coming." And my brother goes, "He has a point." <laughs> So that's the most fucked up one. I mean, I've got him in the in the hair, in the in his hood, down his shirt, yeah, up his shorts.
1: So it's not necessarily your food per se. It's just it's it's somewhere you t- tag him with as ash. long
0: as you say hashtag before it leaves the cigar. Okay,
1: well noted, and I don't want anybody playing that game with me. So anyway, well, Jonathan, thank you so much. All right, Nick, thank you. Later.